Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may have grown up with Sesame Street as a child, or you may have had your kids or grandkids grow up with it. So I wanted to begin by letting you all know that today's Christmas Eve service is brought to you by the number two. So here we are on Christmas Eve. And as all of our gifts might be under the tree or awaiting delivery, it's a great time to talk about two different kinds of presents. Presents and presents. The first is presents. That ends with a C-E. You may have seen our church sign last week that said, What does God want for Christmas? Look in a mirror. For all of you who showed up today, thank you for being here. For taking time away from Christmas supper or postponing it until later or eating extra early. For spending time away from family or hopefully with family this Christmas Eve. There is no better place to be than gathered together with God's family. Which brings us to our next presence that ends with a T-S. Presence. When we talk about gifts, you might expect me to ask a question like, what is the greatest gift you've ever received? You might think about that for a moment and there's one that stands out. Might be too easy even. So instead I'll ask you, what is the second best present you've ever received at Christmas. Think about that. On that same thought, what is the second best present you've ever given for Christmas? Because obviously at Christmas we received gifts, but we also give them. Think about that answer. Now, I asked you for the second best present you've ever received or given because starting with the best just seems too obvious and easy. That's like me asking you, what is the greatest Christmas gift ever? It's too obvious and easy, right? What is it? It's Jesus. It's why you're here today. And really, that is the greatest gift any of us have ever received at Christmas though not all have received this gift. That's what John tells us in chapter 1. The true light, that's Jesus, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. You apply this message to us, put a little spin on it, and you could say, Every Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming into our world, the greatest gift we've ever received, though not all the world receives him. And all the world doesn't receive him because of sin. Sin causes us to believe in things other than Jesus and make them more of a priority during this time of the year and every other time of the year. We don't go to the mall and take pictures around the manger, do we? 
If our sole focus is on a jolly man that says, ho, 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 rather than on a baby who is God with us, Emmanuel, something must be wrong. If we spend more time setting up our ELF on the S-H-E-L-F, rather than telling the world that hasn't received Jesus about the good news of great joy the multitude of angels from heaven gave to shepherds, something must be wrong. If we spend more time giving thanks to other people for the gifts they've given and not thanking God for the greatest gift the whole world has ever been given, something must be wrong. Now, traditions are great, don't get me wrong. That's why so many people on, on Christmas Eve come and worship. That's why we have two services. But if Christmas worship is more about the tradition of it, rather than the meaning behind it all, something must be really wrong. And there is something wrong. With all of us, myself included, it's sin. None of us have received Jesus. We can't because of sin. We'll never choose Jesus. We'll choose sin. We'll choose our selfish wants and desires. That's why it's called our sinful nature. It is natural for us to always choose sin over God. Having children now, I've thought about this and have had many conversations with some of you about what you want for your children. Christmas is a great time to think about that because they tell us what they want and we buy it for them sometimes. But Christmas and every day should really be about what we want for them. Some people will tell you, well, I just want my kids to be happy. It is okay to set the bar a little higher. You know what I want for my kids? I want them to have eternal life. I want them to be who John describes as he continues writing in chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want them to believe, to be faithful all their days and spend eternity in paradise with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is nothing greater we could desire for anyone in this world than for them to have eternal life. And all of that starts with Christmas. If we don't have Christmas, none of this is possible. Because we, in our sin, can do nothing to get to heaven. All we deserve is punishment for our sin. It's death. It's hell. And that's why Jesus came. He is Jesus because he saves his people from their sins. And this brings me to the second greatest gift we can receive at Christmas time. The greatest gift we can receive is Jesus. The second greatest gift we can receive is forgiveness. And this really goes with Jesus, and we really can't separate the two of them, but I wanted to highlight the gift of forgiveness specifically today. We can't talk about Christmas, Jesus coming to earth, being born, without talking about why he came why he was born, and that is to die. We can't talk about the manger without talking about the cross. On Good Friday, 
Jesus died for the sins of all people. He took our death, our hell, our punishment to give us eternal life. And we don't stay on Good Friday either because if Good Friday is the end, there's no reason to celebrate Christmas because Jesus would be just another guy who died and we wouldn't celebrate Christmas like we do. He didn't stay dead. And so we have to talk about Easter because Easter makes everything possible. And Jesus rose from the dead, proving he had defeated sin, death, and the devil once and for all. You can't have one without the others. You don't get forgiveness without death. Because as Hebrews writes, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Jesus came to die for all of our sins. He came to give us forgiveness for everything. For all the sins we've ever committed against him and against others. All the times we've given into temptation, even though we know it's wrong. For all the times we've sinned when we didn't even realize it. For the times we've rejected him and the message of Christmas, be it today or every day. And without Christ rising from the dead, we cannot have our own resurrection to eternal life. And we are joined to Christ's death and resurrection through baptism, where the Holy Spirit is at work in us. Jesus, who has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to give us the gift of faith, so that in faith we believe in Jesus and receive him, not by our own doing, but by God working through us. And this gives us the right to be children of God. This happens in baptism. It happens through the word, and it happens in one more place I'll talk about shortly. So before I do, let me tell you the second greatest gift you can give at Christmas. The first and greatest gift you can give to anyone is the easy, obvious answer. It's Jesus. We share the good news with other people so the Holy Spirit can work in their life and give them the gift of faith. And everyone who believes has eternal life, as John 3.16 reminds us. It's what I want for my children and what I want for all people. The second greatest gift we can give at Christmas, you might have figured it out by now. The second greatest gift we can give is forgiveness. Why do we forgive? Because we have been forgiven by God through Jesus' death and resurrection. When we know the joy of our sins being forgiven, we give that forgiveness to others. Christmas is a wonderful time to get together with family and friends. But sometimes families, people, are dysfunctional. And it's not a wonderful time. It's a hard, terrible, don't look forward to it time. What do we do with those family members, those people in our lives? We give them the greatest gift. And then we give them the second greatest gift. Why? Because we have been given them both, fully, freely, and it costs us nothing, since it already cost Jesus everything, his very life. That doesn't make it easy, though. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit's strength to do this. Because if we don't forgive others, as our sinful nature would like very much, God won't forgive us. There's a few good words in the Bible 
about how we should approach people and relationships. And I don't think we hear them very often. So later in this service, as we gather our offerings, and tomorrow as we gather on Christmas Day, which you're welcome to join us again at 11 a.m., as we come before the altar to receive the body and blood of Jesus, I want you to hear these verses from Matthew that have to do with anger towards someone. It says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. We also hear Paul tell us, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. When Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he said, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is given in the Lord's Supper. However, if we examine ourselves and find that we have anger towards someone and have not forgiven them for something they've done against us, have not reconciled with them, then we hear Matthew's words from earlier, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. If you come to the Lord's Supper and have not forgiven, you will not receive forgiveness. That's why forgiveness for ourselves and for others is so important. And why I tell you it's the second greatest gift that you receive, but also the second greatest gift you give. Remember, these gifts go together. You can't take Jesus and leave out forgiveness. These gifts are not exclusive. You really cannot separate them. They're a package. You don't get Jesus without his birth, death, and resurrection for you, for your forgiveness. And where there is forgiveness, there is also life and salvation. And you can't share Jesus without also sharing his forgiveness. The greatest gift at Christmas is Jesus. The second greatest gift could be his forgiveness. The greatest gift you can give at Christmas is Jesus, especially for those who do not believe. And the second greatest gift you can give is forgiveness, won for you by Christ. Christmas, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, forgiveness, faith, and eternal life. The greatest gifts we have been given for today and every day of our lives. And this good news of great joy for you, for me, and for all people. Merry Christmas. And God bless you. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.